0: Hello and welcome to Meet the CEO, a series of short, sharp podcasts that explore how CEOs really think. My name's Matt Crabtree, I'm the founder of Positive Momentum and in each episode of this podcast series we'll be asking CEOs of real businesses to share with us why on earth they wanted to become a CEO in the first place, what do they do when no one's watching, what do they find really tough and what are the best lessons they've learned from others. So, whether you're already a CEO, might want to be one one day, or just have to deal with CEOs from time to time, we promise to get you the no-nonsense lowdown on exactly what it takes to make happen, well, whatever it is you need to make happen. For this episode, I'm delighted to introduce one of my colleagues in Positive Momentum, Julian March, as the guest host. This is Meet the CEO. My guest this week is Simon Pitt, CEO of STV Group PLC. STV is Scotland's leading digital media brand, providing viewers with quality television programming on-air, online and on-demand. So if you turn to button 3 on your TV in Scotland, STV is what you see as they hold the Channel 3 TV licence in that country. Also in the portfolio is UK-wide streaming service STV Player, And they operate one of the UK's leading TV production companies, STV Studios, which makes shows for a range of other networks and streaming platforms, as well as Scottish charity, the STV Children's Appeal. Simon's also vice chairman of the UK's Royal Television Society. And prior to STV, he was Managing Director of ITV's Digital Businesses, sitting on the ITV Executive Board for seven years. He's also been on the board at ITN, the international news provider, Digital UK and Uview. Simon, welcome to meet the CEO.
1: Thank you, Julian. Great to be here.
0: It is a delight to have you with us and uh, great to be talking again. So, I thought originally, back in the the early days, uh, uh, a career in international relations uh, beckoned. But uh, you've now been in post as CEO for three and a half years, after nearly 18 years at ITV down south. So our first question that we always ask our guests, why did you become a CEO?
1: Well, I I never really set out to be a CEO. I, I actually wanted to be a professional tennis player. Uh, when I was younger, uh, and then I wanted to be Des Lynham, the legendary sports broadcaster who I was a big fan of, and when tragically neither of those two things worked out, I had to do something else, uh, but I was always determined to do something that I loved, and I loved TV, uh, and I managed to get a job at ITV in my early 20s, and I worked my way up from there, doing a range of different roles across the business. Uh, before an opportunity came up to join STV in 2018. And I thought, why not? Uh, Firstly, because media CEO jobs don't come around very often. And and this was a great opportunity to join a company with a strong brand and heritage, but one that needed to transform digitally and and lift its sights uh, a little bit in terms of its ambition. And and I thought that was exciting and, and that I could help. And then, okay, I guess, secondly, my wife and I had lived in London for nearly 20 years, and although we'd enjoyed it very much, we also liked the idea of a bit of a change and of spending more time together as a family. And, uh, and a move to Scotland has allowed us to do that, or, albeit under slightly strange conditions these last 18 months.
0: Yes, uh, absolutely, Simon. I can imagine the the conditions are uh, uh, not 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 what you necessarily banked on when moving uh, and, and moving your lo- and relocating your family uh, across the across the border. I hear though that uh, Scotland has a rather good tradition in tennis players as well, so maybe there was an ulterior motive in there as well.
1: Yeah, they're pretty good up here. And I, I realised uh, why they're quite so good when I take my kids to their um, their, their holiday tennis camp. Uh, and uh, it was it was Christmas last year, and it was snowing quite heavily. I was expecting the, the note from the organiser saying, I'm sorry, there's no tennis today, it's snowing. And uh, every morning at 8am, you'd get a note saying, we've cleared the courts, tennis is on. And I thought to myself, that's probably why uh, the Murrays bro- broke through, is that sort of uh, fighting spirit uh, that got them through. Fantastic.
0: Well, game on uh, with Meet the CEO right now. So you- you've already uh, spoken a little bit about uh, how you were looking forward to spending a bit more time with your family, you know, away from maybe the, the crazy commute of London life, et cetera, uh, and a change of location. Uh what tell me is part of your day which you necessarily keep sacrosanct
1: well i guess the nature of senior jobs of of any kind really is that is that very little is sacrosanct there's always something urgent going on somewhere in the business and and the hours can be full on and unpredictable uh, but working from home has allowed a, a few new routines to be established uh, and that i'm determined actually to to maintain uh, when we get back to some sort of normality. About a year ago, for example, I started cycling to school with my older boys. And, you know, it was only a 15-minute ride, but it's it's a great way to start the day. And I have to say, I love it. I mean, it's not exactly stress-free, uh, to be honest. They, they spend most of their time trying to race each other because they're very close in age and literally everything is a competition at that age. Um, And we also normally get soaked because, of course, we live in Glasgow. But still, it's our time together. I probably get a little bit more out of it than they do, if I'm honest, but I I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: That is a uh, that's marvellous to hear. Uh, Scotland also do a pretty good line in track cyclists as well, I gather. So, uh, uh, and and I know you you're you're a big fan of cycling yourself, and it's been the subject of many of our conversations in the halls of ITV towers back in the day. Um, but uh, but you are the first CEO that we have spoken to on Meet the CEO who uh, has, has has preserved. Uh, the morning routine to, uh, to 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 go cycling with their uh, with their sons, which is which is fantastic. Uh, you're right; it's been a a challenging time. Cycling to school, I'm sure, is a bit of a, a, a light among the among the shade. Um, you mentioned before that coming into Scotland and moving up to Glasgow at this time um, presented its own uh, challenges. Let me ask you: what challenging encounters uh, have you experienced in your time as CEO? And Tell tell us and everyone that's listening, uh, what's been that most challenging time for you as CEO and what did you learn from it, most importantly? Well, look, it's,
1: it, it's TV, our sector. So you're never very far away from your next drama, uh, whether that's on screen or off screen. And I've done my fair share of restructures and strategic reviews and cost savings drives in my time, uh, but none of it compares to the intensity and the unpredictability of the pandemic over the last 16 or 17 months and and as a leader of an organization I guess I guess you have an opportunity to define what the business stands for and that's particularly important in a time of crisis of course and even though as a PLC we need to deliver value to our shareholders first and foremost we need to be a good business a, a responsible business that Treats its people and its partners properly, and is capable of seeing beyond the narrowness of its own financial performance. and And there are there are just times when the emotional health and resilience of the business are more important than the financial results. And this has very clearly been one of those times. And as a company, we are now in a much better place commercially. We we took lots of steps early in the pandemic to ensure that was the case, including raising additional capital from the markets and our shareholders but like many other businesses we spent much of 2020 making sure our people were okay um whether that's through the, the, the very regular and open communication that we tried to ensure happened or topping up our colleagues to 100 percent of salary while on furlough or trying to keep things light um, with with regular organized fun events or offering enhanced mental health support for our colleagues because, you know, let's face it, the challenges of operating remotely for such an extended period have been huge and large numbers of people were feeling knackered and vulnerable and, and still are, to be honest. Um, we've tried many, many things to lighten the load, including new measures to help everyone better manage their, their work-life balance. Uh, for example, by enforcing a a 90 minute break from Zoom at lunchtimes and encouraging people to get out and about to enjoy some me time and strongly encouraging people not to email their colleagues after seven o'clock at night, which has made a real difference since we introduced it a few months ago. And I, I hope it's helping our colleagues to differentiate a little more easily between work and home life, because that's that's been hard. And I think, though, overall, our people have just been amazing. Uh, and I think we've, we've all been reminded, whatever sector we're in, about what really matters over the last year and a half. And in our case, of our role as a public service broadcaster, of course, in keeping our viewers informed and helping to bring the nation together and provide some escapism. Um, uh, you know, that could be Ant and Dec on a Saturday night or the latest drama or the Euros you know what a roller coaster that's been for the last month or so um but we've also been reminded as a company that we we can and indeed we must use our privileged position and and the power of tv to do good things and to affect change and whether that's supporting our local communities and charities and i'm really proud that we've uh, distributed some four million pounds or so to Scottish children's charities and family charities over the last 12 months when they needed us most, or or whether that's raising awareness of vital issues like mental health through our Britain Get Talking campaign on screen, or just trying to bring about positive lasting change in how we represent the diversity of our viewers and communities, um, often on screen in the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement. Or finally, you know, helping to ensure that sustainability issues are, are to the fore. In our industry, especially for us, in the run-up to Glasgow proudly hosting COP26 in November, I mean, for us, it's been vital that we use our position and our platform to just try to lead the way on the big issues. Because we said just just to finish, we said very early on in the pandemic that when we when we look back on this period in a few days' time, a few years' time, I should say, as we surely will, um, we will be judged. You know, not on the profit we delivered in that particular year or two years, but, but how we acted and how we treated people and whether we stepped up to help as a business. And I'm really proud of how we stepped up. Um, and as a result, I think we are emerging from this an even stronger, more co- cohesive team than we were before. I mean, we're all t- tired, as I say, everyone needs a break. Um, but there's an even stronger foundation and a, and a togetherness than ever, I think.
0: It's really interesting listening to you talk. Uh, there's there's obvious real heartfelt and deep seated passion in there, and it's an experience that so many of us have have, have, have been through, I suppose, in the last uh, eighteen months. But one of the things which really jumped out at me is uh, is is if you like how your actions inwardly to your own people within the organization matched the actions externally to your customers and the people that come in contact with you, your viewers and your audience?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, as I say, I think we've, we've properly been reminded, not just in our sector, but across, you know, our country and everywhere else, um, that what really matters, including in business, is the social impact that you leave behind, and for me, the, the exciting and the you know almost life-affirming thing is that um, this will make us acting responsibly and acting properly makes us a better and more relevant company for our colleagues, yes, but also for our viewers, for our advertisers, and for our investors as well. Um, and that is has been a you know amongst all the negatives of the last 18 months i think that's a real positive to
0: yeah yeah fascinating uh so tell me you've been in 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 post uh for, for for three and a half years as we said um who has influenced you most uh uh up until this point and and uh, who do you credit as guiding lights or luminaries who do you turn to for advice in those uh in those challenging times
1: well no one person is the is the answer um I and mean, i've heard it said that as a leader you can be a bit of a magpie and, and and pick from people and bosses as you go along and blend it all together into your own leadership style and, and i think that's what i've done in in my career to extent i've been fortunate to have had some brilliant bosses um uh, in the european parliament in brussels when i started out then at ITV through various regimes and changes of CEO and chair and now STV with a very strong board and, and successive chairs and you pick up good ideas along the way um, but as you know you also pick up what not to do sometimes and that that stays with you as well and um, so for example I remember I remember just a simple one how how good it felt when I was younger to get a little note or a message of encouragement from the CEO if I'd done something well And I try and do the same. Um, I remember, I remember another boss used to hold regular listening sessions with the teams on the ground. And it used to drive his senior team nuts because he'd always come back with a million questions for them. Uh, But it also kept him properly connected to the business. And I try and do a similar thing. And and then I remember in a previous role being put in charge of digital, uh, but not given all the levers to do the job. So I was notionally the digital guy, but I wasn't in charge of the content, for example, or the tech or the ad sales. And I thought, if I ever get the chance, I am going to do that properly. Uh, and sure enough, I got the chance at SUV and we have a brilliant managing director of digital who has the freedom to run it like a proper business with his own p and and dedicated team. Now, I'm sure he, if you had him on, he'd tell you there was a, a million things he wanted to do differently as well. But um, it, it was that opportunity to try and put things right that I, I really relished. And I still turn to some of my old bosses now when I need to, as well as obviously to my wife and friends and, and former colleagues sometimes too. There are, there are times when I've also had a formal mentor to help me think things through particular issues and of course you need to have the sort of relationship with your chairman and your board that allows you to ask for advice sometimes too because we've all got gaps and blind spots that we need to cover um back I suppose to the to the magpie metaphor where you hope you you hope you pick up enough along the way to to see you through
0: yeah well uh, it's 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 long been known as a sign of strength rather than weakness to to ask questions. Uh, Anyway let's talk about the 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 executive team uh, as a whole. What's your secret for an effective executive team?
1: Well honestly I think the secret if there is one is is simple is getting on well and having some fun together Uh, and I don't I don't say that lightly clearly there's got to be trust and respect and you need the right blend of skills and experience and personalities. And of course you need a, you need a strategy that people are, 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 are bought into, but these are the obvious things. We all know that it's the easy bit. Um, the most important elements are things you can't see from reading someone's CV. And we spare a bit of, uh, we, we we spend a, a fair bit of time with each other as an exec team. We actually met daily during the pandemic for almost a year. Uh, and even though that was all virtual, we, we definitely became a closer knit group as a result of that. And, and of course we've had some stressful and challenging moments, but there's there's a very good spirit in the team. There's, there's quite a lot of laughing, um, both with each other and at each other, to be honest. Um, sometimes it's, it's been the only way to get through the last 12 months um there's also a bit of healthy competition at times, which drives us on. Um, but fundamentally, we're a team, and we've got each other's backs. and we win and lose together as the as the cliche goes. Uh, and I hope we'd also set the right tone at the top, uh, to be honest. we're We're ambitious and hardworking and we try to treat people fairly and respectfully. And we try to communicate as openly and honestly as we can. And we don't take ourselves too seriously because you know, we work in TV. Um, we need to just remind ourselves every day that that is, a, that is a privilege. We are very lucky to be working in such a fast paced, exciting, creative environment with an amazing group of talented people at STV and the wider market. And if you can't pause occasionally to enjoy that, or have some fun along the way, then then you're in the wrong business.
0: Yep, absolutely. Uh, it's um, it, it's well, you will know that we've we've both spent uh, quite a lot of time in uh, in that industry uh, together, in fact. And uh, it is a massive amount of fun. So, tell me a little bit about the uh, the future, Simon. What does it look like for you and for STV? What are your your your
1: biggest challenges ahead? What's your main focus in the coming year? Well, I'm really excited about uh, STV's future and about the future more generally. Uh, it's been a tough time for everyone. Of course, it has, still is. Uh, and the market is still uncertain. Um, but as a business, we took a number of steps last year to to look after our people and our partners and finances. And, and we're now um, starting to come through COVID with some confidence, uh, I'm happy to say. Uh, advertising trends continue to improve through 2021, that's often the barometer for the wider economy. So that's encouraging, not just for our sector, but for others too. Um, Our ad revenues at STV were up 32% in the first half of this year, um, uh, largely as a result of continued digital growth. And encouragingly, that actually means that the ad market is up on 2019 levels. So ahead of where we were pre-pandemic, which is positive. Uh, and as you'd expect with a TV company, it all starts with the programs. and crucially, our viewing performance has got better and better these last few years on TV and, and online. I mean you'd you'd expect viewing levels to have been high during last year's lockdown months when we couldn't do anything else. Um, but we've we've also been able to grow again this year, even as restrictions have eased. Uh, and' I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say, um, that our channel is is not only the most watched channel in scotland ahead of bbc one and i don't tire of saying that to be honest um but stv player is also the fastest growing streaming service out there um up another 66 so far this year so um and when you look at our production business in the future i'm, I'm pleased to say that stv studios is is busier than ever we're We're currently filming something like 15 series for 10 different TV networks, including dramas for Channel 4 and BBC One, factual and entertainment series for the likes of ITV and the BBC and Channel 5 and Discovery. And the vast majority of that, um, we're proudly making in Scotland. Um, And then I guess in terms of challenges, because there are plenty, aren't there, always, Um, firstly, We just need to make sure that we transform ourselves quickly enough to keep up with the pace of change in viewing habits that we're all seeing. And and to do that, we just we need to continue to carve out a distinct place in people's lives and daily routines alongside the likes of Netflix and Disney and Amazon, um, focused as we are on on a distinctive niche, on, on our Britishness rather than on American content. And then secondly, of course, we need to make sure we attract the best talent to work with us. TV is, is ultimately all about people and their ideas and making great shows. And there is no reason in my mind why a Scottish producer like STV can't be making the biggest shows for the biggest networks and global streamers. And, and that is certainly our ambition. And it's it's why in the last few weeks we set out a new plan to to kick on, to accelerate our diversification further. Um, We want to double our digital business and more than quadruple our TV production revenues, um, all part of a target to generate more than half of our profit from new revenue streams as a business uh, by the end of 2023.
0: Goodness gracious, Simon. Um, Inspiring stuff for for everyone listening, many of whom may be uh CEOs already or about to be a CEO or former CEOs uh but I'm sure there, there might be some out there who have an ambition to become a CEO so as our final little question the one we always ask on the podcast Simon uh, what three pieces of advice do you have for those who might want to become a CEO well
1: it's a statement of the obvious but but first and foremost be yourself being a CEO isn't the time to try out another version of yourself in an attempt to to try and correct your shortcomings. You'll just get found out. The reality is you make mistakes like everyone else and you hope you learn and get better. Uh, Secondly, I'd say brace yourself. Um, It's a wonderful privilege being a, a leader of any organization, big or small, but it's also full on. It's It's mentally and physically taxing. And in saying that, I fully appreciate not, you know, not anyone's job is easy these days. um, But there's an added dimension when you know it's ultimately your responsibility to make sure the company does well. Uh, And on the one hand, it's incredibly liberating because you can free yourself and get stuff done. um, But you also feel an acute sense of responsibility for your colleagues and their welfare and you need to learn to carry that sufficiently lightly that you can, you know, you can be a functioning human being at the same time and get the balance right with your family and your loved ones. And, and that's always a work in progress. It certainly is for me anyway. Um, and then no amount of, sort of reading self-help books will, will, will fully uh, prepare you. I don't think it's, it's a bit like becoming a parent for the first time. You think you're, you think you're ready because you know, you've done the NCT classes, you've bought everything you need to buy. But really, you're just ready for day one uh, and the car journey back from the hospital. Although in my case, I wasn't even ready for that because I couldn't get the car seat to fit in the car. Uh, but the hard bit obviously starts when you get home. Uh, and, in, and in business, the hard bit isn't the first hundred days. It's, it's the rest of the days that come after uh, when you and your team need to be able to deal with well, with, with whatever comes your way. Uh, And then I guess finally, after all that, after the be yourself, embrace yourself, um, finally, I just say back yourself. Um, I had some good advice earlier in my career ahead of doing my first organisational restructure, I think. Um, I was agonising over every decision. I remember the chairman at the time said to me, I'm sure you thought it all through. Just trust your instincts and you'll probably get at least 70 percent of the decisions right. The rest you can put right later if you have to and and he was right occasionally you just need to remind yourself um what got you there in the first place i suppose being being half decent at your job uh, and you should be decisive and have the courage of your convictions and get on with it
0: wow be yourself brace yourself and back yourself what a fantastically succinct and powerful uh, little package of, uh, of, of advice for future CEOs from you, Simon Pitts. Uh, it has been a complete joy talking to you and having you on the podcast. We at Positive Momentum wish you all the best at STV for a wonderful second half of the year and, uh, and all the best for 2022. Thanks for joining us, Simon.
1: Thanks, Julian. Appreciate it.
0: Gosh, there was a lot in that conversation with Simon, wasn't there? What struck me most was Simon's enthusiasm and sense of privilege to lead an amazing national broadcaster in a wonderful industry. Yes, of course, there are no end of difficult decisions to be made. Remember, brace yourself. And of course, the CEO is answerable to his shareholders, but I detected a heightened sense of responsibility to do the right thing for people, not just the audiences and customers, but most importantly, the people inside the organisation. Amidst the drama on screen and, of course, the occasional ones off it, Simon reminds us to have a little fun, a tonic for us all. Lots more where this came from. Another 14 great human conversations with real-life CEOs before this one and many more to come so make sure you catch the next one as soon as it's released by hitting subscribe and we hope to welcome you again soon to the next edition of meet the ceo